Nebraska's favorite, Garth Brooks, releases a song called Two Pina Coladas. And I hate that song. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. We're getting tiki with it. Literally. He didn't even introduce himself. He just, uh, he just goes he with it. Jumped right into the beer. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. So don't let the cat out of the bag. We're going to do Left Hand Brewing Company out of Longmont, Colorado. This kind of continues on with your summer theme, doesn't it? I would say so because hopefully it doesn't smell like suntan lotion, but I'm scared. I'm a little scared, guys. What's it say there, Dolan? What do you, a super smooth passport to paradise. Hmm. I do. Whoa. That's nitro, baby. Nitro. I didn't anticipate that. Mm. Wow, that was close to the microphone, too. It was. I'm scared. Doubly scared. Oh, are you kidding me? This might take an hour for that to settle down. What'd you do? Shake it up in a shaker? Well, look, it's even doing the cascading thing. Well, yeah, that's, that's the nitro. Wow, that might be the worst pour I've ever seen. Oh, it's bad. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if mine will be any better. And Dolan's looks like straight. Yeah, that's that's just straight pina colada oh, right there. That's what it says on the glass, y'all, or the can. I do. I was going to say I like that they're in Tall Boys because if it's good, I'll want more probably. Here, I'll show you what mine looks like because this is how you a man, a man pours beer. Mm, good job. See that? Mm. It's settling down. It's starting to settle. Okay. Mm. I may have uh, dropped the can on the way here. That'll definitely do it. So don't don't, just get in there. It's about halfway. Yeah. Don't drop your can before you. It is weird how, like, look, you see, like, this is what you would typically expect. See, it's hard if you're not watching the nitro head on the beer is those the tiniest of tiny bubbles. Yes. The tiniest. Yeah. Almost like an ice cream. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the point, I guess Uh, it's to make this one specifically taste more like a, you know, an alcoholic drink, mixed drink versus uh, a beer. Hmm. Let's see. What's what's the smell? Coconut. I I guess coconut pineapple. Yeah. There's some pineapple smell, but mostly I, you know, you smell what you don't want to sometimes, and I, I'm just not a coconut guy. So, You and Daly both. Not, neither yeah. of you like coconut that much. I do not like coconut either. Hmm. We'll see. We'll, yeah, we're going to see. It's hard to slurp a nitro. Hmm. Interesting. Not what oh. I expected. Hmm. Yeah, if you put a blindfold on me and told me that was a beer, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't believe you. No, it's a seven point five percent beer too. Oh wow, I mean, that works. Yeah, it's a lot of coconut. A lot of coconut for me. Like it's coconut up front. It's coconut at the end. It smelled like some pineapple. I don't know if it's in there. I wish I had a pineapple garnish. Put it on there, or just dunk it right in the glass. Uh, but if you pineapple. like, if you like coconut. And you like summertime, this would be a great beer for you to get. This is a sneaky pool beer because they'd be good at the pool. And then someone would have to down. jump into the pool and get you out. Right. Yeah. You'd be down good. <laughs> Two of the these. Pool. You'd be you'd going be, down yeah, underwater. That's, just, that's too much. That's why you just pass out in the chair and get a real bad sunburn. You mm. do that way. I'd show you. I have a real bad sunburn, but I'm not, oh. I don't think I should we'll take, take your word out. for it. Take my word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hmm. So I was at Left Hand Brewing Company a couple of weeks back there in Longmont. Uh, my brother ordered this beer and I didn't want to know anything about it. He is, he is super picky 
and he drank the whole thing and he didn't complain. So, so you're like, oh, win. Yeah, I guess. So it can't be all bad. So I think I'm going to let some of the folks in on just a little bit of the behind the scenes magic of this episode. We're recording it on July 8th. Okay. There you go. Now, if we would have waited two more days, we would have hit exactly on National Pina Colada Day. So we were close. Man. We were so close. Hmm. (sighs) So here's what we got. I'm going to start us out with a little bit of Pina Colada information. Okay. And we'll kind of, you know, see where the conversation takes us. But do you, before you do this, yeah. if you went to a beach of some sort, do uh-huh. you enjoy a pina colada? Me? No. At all? No. I don't, don't like coconut. Why would I drink it? Well, no. <laughs> Just because I'm on the beach, I'm not going to drink something I don't like. I don't like <laughs> tomatoes, but I like salsa. So, but I'll eat salsa. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I understand that part too, right? but I don't like coconut in any form. To me, this smells like suntan lotion. There's... It's- there's, I think coconut is okay. I've had some stouts where coconut has really been good in, but other than that, I just, I mean, I can't do coconut. I can't do, I can't even do coconut milk. I can't do any of that. I wow. can't do those cookies that have uh, coconut on them from the Girl Scouts. No, we're, we're done here. We're so <laughs> done here. What? Those are yeah. the best. Mm. Those are the worst. Yeah. Those are weird. All right. Give me some, I enjoy a nice pina colada on the beach i just think it's nice everything tastes better on the beach i think you're right i do like the mouthfeel of this this is different than anything we've had i mean we've had you know guinness and that sort of thing yeah Um, but you're i don't know you're programmed to expect that in in a stout and not so much in a wheat beer i don't know that i've ever had a nitro wheat beer i've never so it it definitely is smooth and it, it goes down like a like a mixed drink uh, except you know you don't have the ice thing but if you're a pro you just don't ask for the ice i guess and you get more drink that way here's here's um, my initial before you before you do this mm-hmm. my yeah. initial thought is the nitro is gimmicky i wish i could have it without it let's see if i still feel the mm. same at the end well yeah i get i get that too i think mostly it's just to pair it try to parrot the uh par- you know what i'm saying parrot rum joke parrot. um uh yeah the drink itself. It's supposed to be like that. Okay. Where, where do you think uh, these were born? The drink. I'm going to go with pina colada. Um, pina colada. I'm going to go with Jamaica. Okay. Dolan, you got any feelings on this? Mm, uh, I'm, it, Jamaica's just, it, it just seems like the right guess. Right? All right. That sounds like the right guess, but you were both wrong. Mm. San Juan, Puerto Rico. There That's are... not that far. That's yeah. not that far. No, it's not that far. I thought you were going to say like Newark, New Jersey or something. No, I mean, <laughs> well, no. Um, but there's three different versions. You know how these stories go. Something, something cool happens and there's three different people that all said that they did it, right? So sure. I'll give you what the internet says happened and then I'll go over two other stories that these people claim have happened so the internet says bartender in in puerto rico who worked at the caribe hilton hotel his name was ramon monchito which was his nickname monchito marrero he came up with this and he was serving them for 35 years he did this in 1954 okay his original recipe and this is something you could make still and I'll, I'll say it slowly, two ounces of white rum, one ounce of coconut cream, one ounce of heavy cream, which already that sounds great for the hot sun. Sure. Um, six ounces of fresh pineapple juice, which I wish I was getting here, and half cup of crushed ice. Mix it all together. There you go. Pina colada. Yeah. Um, they were popular. Imagine that. And he had those uh i guess items fresh and was trying to showcase what he felt uh would be a drink that would um be reminiscent for people that come there they could remember okay this is you know where i had this and this is you know just the drink of the of the place um and it took off and it's been going there ever since um in 1978 it was labeled the national drink of puerto rico then it was um, 
in the 2004, I think, the 50-year anniversary, this hotel got like a plaque from the government that basically said, hey, this was created here, um, you know, whatever. Uh, they still make them there to this day in the hotel, in the bar there. They also have a French toast version, which I would be interested to try. Hmm. Uh, and then they also have... And I don't know if this is a one-off place. I'm assuming it is, but they have a, like most big hotels, has a Starbucks in it. And they have a pina colada coffee, I guess. That's a take on the original recipe. That's a coffee that you can get there. So I did not find that anyplace else. Um, but maybe it's just because, okay, well, like maybe I can't booze first thing in the morning at this hotel at the conference I'm at. So a uh, pina colada coffee. We'll, we'll try that. Um, Next, the actual term itself, pina colada, means strained pineapple. That's exactly what it means. So that's the main, that's the most by volume ingredient in the drink. Well, that's why you get there's the little pineapple. Pineapple right there. Thing, yeah. And also in, in his recipe, it should have, if it's a true pina colada, it should have a piece of pineapple on the glass, just like the can had a picture mm -hmm. of. And then it should have... Uh, this word to me is kind of like Worcestershire sauce, uh, a maraschino cherry. I think that's how you say it. Hmm. So that should be in there too. That makes it a real pina colada. Okay. So the other stories that are out there, one of them, as all good, you know, islandy rum drinks involves pirates. We heard this before. Um, this one, however, there's a name to it. And his name was Roberto Cofresi. And he was a Puerto Rican pilot, pilot, pirate. He pirated a pilot boat, or he piloted the pirate ship, whatever. Um, he notices, not unlike some of the other stories we've heard, oh, my crew, they're kind of down in the dumps. They're not feeling good. I have this idea, just a, as a morale booster, you know, kind of like a beer cart or whatever, Friday beers. Sure. You guys need a little pick-me-up. I know this recipe for a drink. I've got the rum. We've got pineapples and coconuts all over. Whips them up on the boat everybody loves them and then the pirate died in 1825 and the recipe was lost oh. to history mm -hmm. so they say maybe you know maybe that's the x marks the spot on the treasure map was the actual recipe maybe monchito the bartender found it who knows it's convenient that he died in that story because i mean that's <laughs> Yeah, he didn't uh, stop being a pirate and start selling them on the beach. Right. <laughs> I mean, that'd be, that'd be probably much more would likely happen. And then the third story, and this is a sign of respect. I, I know in, at least in Spanish culture and Mexican culture, you get the name Don. That's like <laughs> Mr., right? So this guy's name was Don Ramon Portas Mingo, M-I-N-G-O-T, just like the bartender was Don Ramon. So double Don Ramones. And he worked at a restaurant called the Barachina. And in 1963, he says he came up with the Pina Colada. Well, that's nine years later. And in, I think, the same town. Um, they still sell them here at this place. And I looked it up. I looked at the website um, and some images of the place. I'd rather get one at the hotel. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> I'd feel safer getting one at the hotel than I would at this this place. Are you saying like it's dive bar status, maybe? I would say yes. Mm. Yes. It's more, yeah, it was just more, um, it looked a little rougher. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. But that's that's allegedly, you know, they all come from the same place. They're all basically San Juan area. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, whose story is, is better. I, sure. I like the guy at the hotel. I like his story. I like Monty. You know, you know, he was walking around there like a peacock, man. Yeah. Oh, you guys. Oh, you're making, oh, you're having one of my drinks. Oh, well, <laughs> let me tell you the story. You know, it's mm -hmm. one of those deals. And he was probably like king shit in that place. Yeah. Like running the, running the roost. So I think that's great. So that's the story I like. Isn't that typical? So Dolan, Dolan, have you ever been to any Caribbean island whatsoever? I think we've covered this before, talking about Jamaica and stuff like you've never been. Okay. Brian and I have both. Mm -hmm. It's your best friend there, besides the person that you went with, is the bartender. Oh, yeah. 
Always. Yeah. You make friends with the bartender on the first day and you are guaranteed to have a good time. You might not remember it, but you'll have a good time. <laughs> That's true. Which is yeah. interesting because like, I'm, I don't know about this hotel where they, you know, where this took place, but at least the one I went to, it was one of those all-inclusive places, right? Mm-hmm. So making friends with the bartender, that's a, that's a good play here in America, right? Mm-hmm. You get recognized, they'll know your drinks, you get better service, faster service. But at a place like that, it's almost, it's almost not good because you get more drinks faster. You're not paying for them. You're not, most places you can't tip them. So yeah. it's like all the rules that we know, um, it just makes it worse really for you. So maybe <laughs> make enemies with the bartender. I think worse is relative. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, is... I had fun faster yeah. in the day than I would normally. We would, we would sit at the same place at the bar. And this was a few years back. Mm-hmm. And you know he'd make drinks for the waitresses or whatever, and they would take them out to the people, and we'd be sitting there, and there'd be like this much left. He's like, "Oh, you want to try this? Here you go." And like yeah. we would get fed like all the leftovers. He's like, "And he pour it right out of the thing and give us a little oh, cup." Yeah. Oh, it was the best. The best. I mean, in the swim up bar, that's a great thing, isn't it? Yeah. So awesome. And then like the place that we went to. Um, you know, they meet so many people every day, but they have to be friendly and they try, you know, as a good bartender will do, uh, remember your name or what you had. Um, and the, and the guys that we worked with or were sitting with their trick was to remember where you were from. So whenever they would oh. see us, they would just go, Hey, Nebraska. And that's what they would call everybody mm. in our group. Cause we were all from Nebraska. So easy. It worked for them. And I don't know, it worked for me too. I drank some rum, no pina coladas, thankfully had a daiquiri or 80 or 80 <laughs> yeah it was rough I, that was my friend i fell in love with dark rum back then and that was i enjoy me some dark rum well i have a little bit of information related to pina coladas okay and it has to do with music oh okay this is one of my wife's favorite songs well you don't there's three songs I have research on. I have the one where the dude gets tired of his wife, and so he puts out a ad in the newspaper to cheat on his wife. Not unbeknownst to him, his wife has already put an ad in the newspaper to cheat on him, and then they meet at the same bar, and they're like, oh, it's you, everything's fine. Bullshit. You're both trying to cheat on each other in your marriage. This song is an abomination. Well, the bar is O'Malley's where they meet, first yes, of all. Is. Let's get the facts down. Okay, okay, all right. And I don't think they were married. I think they were just together. I don't think there's any, there's no... Common law. Dude, this was the 70s, man. Anything <laughs> right? So he's just reading the, he's reading the, because this is what you used to do. This was tender in 1979. Oh, yeah. You had to call the newspaper and then pay per word what you were looking for and then someone would respond and they'd have to pay and put it in the paper and it would take like eight years to go on a first date that's how it worked i mean that's just how it was so this song you're talking about the song by rupert holmes rupert holmes yes the song you know what the title of the song is it's called the pina colada song right it's called escape Mm. but then in in parentheses it says the pina colada song it's called cheating on your wife is what it's called with your wife (laughs) <laughs> spiced it up, man. It spiced it no, up. You only find that out at the end. Well, that's the good twist right there. That's the yeah. twist of the song. Look, so here's some. All right, I'll. It's I'll not jump an M Night Shyamalan movie. It, there's no. There, this, this isn't like a like. Oh, it's shocking. That's where he got the idea. I've heard. I'm sure. Twist was this song. If you like pina coladas, please. Uh, Rupert Holmes, 1979. He was born in England to American parents so he grew up there i think military potentially sort of situation um the album was called partners in crime came out in 1979 as i looked yesterday this song and dolan probably um either knows it loves it has covered it something like that uh it has 200 and roughly 45 million plays on spotify as of yesterday yep. so it's a popular song It was released on September 29th of 1979, and it kind of chugged slowly up the charts. Chug-a-lug, chug-a-lug, chug-a-lug. Finally, the last week of the year, it hits number one. 
and it's the last number one song of the decade of the 70s, which is kind of cool. That's a good fact to know. Okay. And then it also holds over for maybe one or two more weeks into 1980. So it's the first song that's ever been number one in two different decades. Hmm. That's a, a sneaky way to do it. Uh, but it was definitely the first one to do that. Um, the song was, like you said, kind of a story song where the guy's, you know, bored in his relationship, marriage, whatever. And the, and the refrain is the part I hate. If you like pina coladas getting caught in the rain, if you're not into yoga and you've got half a brain, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't like that song, but it does talk about pina colada. So here we are. You don't like it for different reasons. Than it's just I not a good like song. It. It's not a good, I don't well, like it. But okay. I also don't like pina as, coladas. As seventies music goes, it's not horrible. No, it's definitely seventies music. I mean, it's got that, you know, it's, it's like a soft rock song, almost like a yacht rock kind of sound to it. Mm. And, uh, it's one of those story songs that they kind of did in the seventies where it was two different people talking in the song. You know what I mean? Yes. So, like it was one singer, but he was telling both sides of the story and they did that quite a bit in the late seventies too. So, um, kind of a sign of the, of the times and a, a song of the past for sure. However, it has, was very popular and it has been in things such as Shrek, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Adam Sandler movie Grown Ups was on a show called The Goldbergs and it's been in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, in 19, no, 2019, Sugar Ray put out a, a Yacht Rock covers album and this is a great title, Little Yachty. Yeah. That's the name of the album. Yacht Rock covers, and it's on there. So they just did this last year, this song. Um, but this is this is where we're going deep now. This is music nerd territory. That's just surface stuff that you can spout at the bar. Hey, so you I, let me nerd out on comic books all the time. So yeah, go for it. And this, I think you'll th you'll find is interesting, and I think Dolan will too. Um, so a very for me at least famous person played on the song, and it was a drummer, and his name was Steve Jordan. Have you ever heard of Steve Jordan? No, I have not. No. Michael Jordan. But no, <laughs> he's Steve. the Michael Jordan of drumming. Let's put it that way. Now, Neil Peart is the Michael Jordan no. of, Steve, of drumming. But. All right, here's why. Steve Jordan. Mm. He's a teenager when he first records. His first song that he ever records on is with some guy named Stevie Wonder. And he's off to the races. Mm. Boom. He starts working with um, the Rolling Stones. He starts working with Keith Richards. In the 80s, he had a side group when the Stones were kind of on hiatus. Uh, they were called like the expensive winos. So it was Keith, a couple other guys, and Steve Jordan played drums. Um, in the late 70s, he was in the Saturday Night Live band. He was oh. a drummer in that. Uh, and then he joined up with Dan Aykroyd and um, Belushi for the Blues Brothers stuff. Nice. So in the Blues Brothers um, albums that they had quite a few of, and they did tours, like the late 70s and early 80, like that was a, a huge musical act in the United States was the Blues Brothers. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It, it was most of the guys from the movie. I don't think he was in the movie, um, but most of those other guys were Donald Duck Dunn and Steve Cropper and that sort of thing. And he was a drummer uh, for those, those albums a lot and then um, went on the tour. Um, then he was the drummer on David Letterman. When Letterman first came on, he was the drummer in that band from 82 to really? 86. And then he kind of decided, okay, I like this, but I like to be producer and um, work with artists and stuff. So then he either drummed on or produced albums by the following folks. We already talked about the Blues Brothers. Um, he did a bunch of stuff with John Mayer. He was in the John Mayer Trio, which had one album that was, it was a live album. And that's really good. Uh, he worked with Cat Stevens, Bruce Springsteen, Kelly Clarkson, Bruno Mars, Billy Joel, Eric Clapton, Bob Dylan, John Mellencamp, Stevie Nicks, James Taylor, Cheryl Crow on her most recent album this year, um, Aretha Franklin, Ziggy Marley, Don Henley on the Age of Innocence album from 89, Leanne Rimes, Neil Young, and B.B. King. Those are just a few. So if you need a drummer and or a producer, Steve Jordan is your guy. He's uh, one of the people, he's got his own like signature kit. 
He's got uh, cymbals. He's got drumsticks. He's got all that sort of stuff. So in the drumming world, Steve Jordan is where it's at. Wow. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, he also does some uh, like lessons on YouTube. He's done some lesson probably videos <laughs> on YouTube. Like talks about you know different techniques on holding your sticks and how to move your wrist and all that stuff. So that sounds wow. that sounds probably accurate. Um, I know he was in. He's been in a couple of like know, music videos and stuff too, just from people that he was working with back in the eighties. Um, but that's the that's the deep dive on Steve Jordan that you didn't know you needed. Uh, but <laughs> I had no idea. Of, yeah, he did a lot of different genres. He's kind of I don't know. He's like Rick Rubin in a way, where he works with older established artists um, a lot and kind of just does stuff with them. And then he also works with um, younger unknowns too, like the John Mayer stuff. Those were all like his first two, three albums. So he he's down to, to do that sort of thing too. A lot of that happens like with the the record label or, or, you know, in the music industry, the record label will hire X amount of session musicians mm-hmm. and um, provide, uh, well, John Mayer's John Mayer, right? So, he didn't have like a band or if he did, you know, he always had access to session musicians to do different things. So if he wanted like a saxophone on his track, you know, a record label would probably provide him with one. And if he used that, then that person goes on tour with them. And it's actually a pretty cool career, but really hard to get into. It used to be back in the day. This is me being old now. Uh, Session musician was an actual job and, especially in Nashville and in Los Angeles, both like in the sixties, those, those dudes played on a lot of stuff. Like there's this famous bass player, uh, Carol, I want to say Carol Kay. Uh, she was a bass player in LA in the sixties and seventies. And she's on like every California hit song ever. She's <laughs> playing the bass on it. There's wow. a couple of documentaries about her and all sorts of stuff, pretty cool stuff. Um, but it's just somebody that just really plays the instrument well. And with with Steve Jordan, what I always thought was cool is he was either the band leader or he worked like with Paul Schaefer, like when he was with Letterman stuff. And then he's worked with Paul Schaefer afterwards because he toured for a while. I think Ringo had him in his band for a while. Um, he's just like a a known dude, you know, like if you, you know what you're getting. There's a few of those people out there. There's a guy named Don Was. And if you've ever seen like a rock and roll induction concert, Don Was is there with a weird hat and a big curly hair, brown hair, dark glasses, and he's playing the bass. But he's also a major producer and uh, engineer and that sort of stuff too, but he's just always around. So these are these guys. The John Mayer thing is cool because when when they were the John Mayer trio, it was him and Steve Jordan, and then their bass player was Pino Palladino, who's a great bass player too that's also one of those like session guys and just has a cool name. And I think he's I think he's with a famous band now. Like maybe he's playing – Oh, I don't know. I think he's played with the Who before. Hmm. After Intwistle died. Well, that's like um, uh, Metallica guy. Uh, Ours. Uh, no, uh, uh, Robert. Tr- Robert, yeah. Robert oh, Trujillo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he he is a session musician, or mm. was before Metallica. And he was he was with Suicidal Tendencies, right? Back in the day. He, could be. Like he he was like, and I don't know if it was a session gig or whatever. And then that's how it came. But yeah, I was so skater music, suicidal tendencies was, yeah. a, skater, was yep. a skater band and that's how I knew him. And that's, we saw him when, when Metallica came to town shortly after he joined the band. Is that and, the St. Anger time? Yeah. Time frame? Yeah. Which, okay. That is like album. the most hated <laughs> Metallica album. <laughs> that album kind of sucked, but it was when they did the, they did a concert in the round. Mm-hmm. So they were in the middle and we were all, we were all around them and it was, it was cool. And it was cool to see him too, because that was like, I never saw suicidal tendencies and it was cool to see him. Well, that's like Thundercat used to be in bad brains or whatever, you know, it's like oh, yeah. bass virtuosos, man. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, Robert Trujillo, also did stuff with um, Jerry Cantrell of Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. So 
that was also some cool stuff. He also plays the bass like nobody else. Like if you if you're not familiar with this dude, go Google him because I don't know how he does that for as long as he does. When he plays the bass and he yeah. gets way down, yeah. and he's like, I don't even know. Like he's squatting down almost, and then he's just kind of hopping around on the stage. It reminds me of Maui from Moana. Mm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Like he's crouched down in that sort of posture, playing yep. this big, seems to me longer than normal necked bass. I don't know. It's pretty cool. It's because he wears it so low. It's like slash. They almost have the, the, the body of the instrument on their knee. So it, yeah. makes, it, it makes it look just gigantic. So yeah. That's a good trick. Up here instead of like the normal position. Yeah, like, they're playing always... here where the body yeah. is on your knee. It's more slanted or whatever. It's actually like a a lot of um and and he's classical, so that's why he why he plays it like that cuz a lot yeah. of people if you're classical, you're going to be more here upright, like an up upright bass. Yep. Yeah. So I just thought that was an old Billy Joe Armstrong thing. Remember when Green Day first came out and he was, he was right up here and it was always just right down at his knee. Right. I mean, that's, and mm-hmm. then obviously he's not playing bass, but like he's playing guitar that exact same way. Well, that's like the bass player from Nirvana. He, his was like at his knee or below, but he was also like almost seven feet tall. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got uh, Dave Matthews who plays it under his chin, the acoustic guitar. See, I'm, I like when I play, I need it up like on my chest because that's my problem with the dave matthews band it's the it, it's the thing from friends right he, he plays the guitar up here and he, all of his dancing happens up here <laughs> but then like it, his like it's like his legs aren't attached to the rest of his body well that way you can see his birkenstocks better <laughs> yeah i'm not a dave matthews fan either. oh boy don't no. tell that to Corey. all right no. oh we've had this argument trust me over a um, lot of years also Speaking in beer I, oh, what do you think? What do you think? I'm almost, I'm almost done with it. Oh, I, I'm quite not. honestly, this is, this is a, this is, well, you've been talking a lot. Yeah, see, Dolan's right where I'm at. This is a pool beer all day long. The problem, though, is it's 7.5. You're not crushing these like you're crushing pool beers. That's, this is, that would be bad. Yeah. It'd be really easy to. Oh, it's super easy. Yeah. Especially when you get to the point where it all starts tasting like water. Yep. Okay, so I didn't even notice this. I didn't look at this can until just right now, but it says getting caught in the rain right on it. Does it? Yeah, at least mine does on the seam. Mm. At the top under the lip of the can. Oh, yeah, it does. right there. It also says, na, 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 na. Getting tiki right. with it. Right. So getting jiggy with it. Could have went that way. Thank goodness we didn't. Have you? Did you go that way? No. But I did stay in 1979. Um, Jazz fusion icon and flugelhorn player, Chuck Mangione. Oh, I've heard this name. Yeah. He had a song out called Pina Colada in 1979. And unfortunately, was not the hit Mm. that Rupert Holmes had. And then most recently, still 20 years ago, almost now, 1998, Nebraska's favorite, Garth Brooks, releases Mm. a song called Two pina coladas and i hate that song so i don't know if i've ever heard it and i don't care about the rest of it i hate that song i don't like i'm just not a garth guy just it's just not for me that's probably where dolan's i don't know if you're with me but i know i know one person that would argue against me and that's Braden. he'd say that's where country music started and i'd say that's where it stopped he's in yeah well he doesn't know He's he had too know. many pina coladas, but he doesn't know. The song was a huge hit, and uh, it was on his album Sevens. Came out in 1998. It was one of the last studio albums he put out before he went on this uh, hiatus and raised his kids and stopped touring and did yeah. that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, but it was a big, even even me who doesn't listen to country music like that, I knew that song, especially the chorus, and I hated it. Here's a fun. Here's a fun music fact for you. Okay. Okay. The town I grew up in is the town where the bar, the Oasis from Friends in Low Places was located. For real. This is a real story. It burned down. The friends. Yep. So I've got friends in low places, right? Yeah. We're going to slip on down to the Oasis. I'm sad. I even know the lyrics because you've heard it a thousand times and it's not my, that's not my thing at all. No, but 
it was in the basement right beside this bank in Concordia, Kansas. Um, I, it was, I don't know if the song was written by or had some influence by the guitar player for Garth Brooks at the time because he was married to a girl in Concordia. They were divorced then after when I met her and hmm. I, I worked with her. So I it's anyway. I would guess so because I don't think Garth writes a lot of his own right. stuff or he might be a co-writer, but this Pina Colada song was not his. Hmm. So Garth Brooks was one of my grandmother's favorites. Um, her, the song that would play often in my grandma's house is the the Long Neck Bottle song. Oh, yeah. Long Neck Bottle. <laughs> there you go. Sound yeah. just like Garth. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. You, you should cover them in your band, Dolan. You should uh, that'd be a tough sell. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe. Just a different style, I think. With your <laughs> seltzer drinking That's bandmates. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're covering Garth Brooks. Yeah, maybe after a few seltzers. Well, maybe five percenters yeah. on those. You maybe. Hey, I did. I did find out that the guitar players into IPAs. So there you go. Boom. Maybe uh, we can convince the other half of the band. <laughs> maybe. So left hand. So what, do you, what I, do you know about them? I've been to left hand at least three times, and here's why: because I mean, we spend a lot of time in Colorado. It's one of our favorite places to go. Uh, my brother lives in Denver. He lives in Centennial and lived in uh, Littleton for a while as well. So very, very familiar. I wore my, I wore my new Belgium shirt today. Just not just because, I mean, it's just, it's not far away. Okay. I mean, you're, you're maybe an hour away from left hand to new Belgium. I feel like I know Longmont for some reason, but maybe it's, maybe I don't, I don't know that I've ever been there. No, you probably do. It's very easy to drive through. So, I mean, it's if you're going someplace in Denver, unlike on the north side, mm-hmm. you, you've been to you've been through to or driven through Longmont before. Okay. Um, Left Hand started in 1990. Um, he, it was founded by a guy named Dick Door. Dick Door. Dick Door. Yep. Uh, got a homebrew kit from his brother for Christmas, and there you go. I Wasn't mean, his it, wife, but his brother. Close. Typical story. Yeah, yep. yeah. You, you replace one with the other. Uh-huh. Homebrewed for a few years. Uh, teamed up with a, his buddy from college named Eric Wallace, who is now uh, listed as the co-founder and president of Left Hand. Um, here's what's interesting. So I don't know if they necessarily have any roots back to uh, Native Americans. Okay. But they started as Indian Peaks Brewing Company and then realized, oh shit, someone's got this name already. Oh. We can't use it. So uh, Chief, they, they, they named it Left Hand in honor of Chief Niwot. So N-I-W-O-T. And I'm confident in that spelling because I've driven through Niwot, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Uh, so Chief Niwot, Niwot means left hand in Arapaho. Hmm. So, which were the Indians, or the Native Americans area. there at the time. Yeah, because yes. there's Arapahoe County, I know, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, And so there's a Niwot, Colorado, which is a town. There's another great brewery, and we need to get to these guys at some point because they produce a, a ma- an amazing IPA, uh, Bootstrap Brewing Company. Hmm. So if you take, if you come out of left hand, and you're going downtown, you drive past a, a location for Bootstrap Brewing Company, but they're actually located in Niwot too. So uh, they make a great IPA called Insane Rush. It's, it's fantastic. But it must be a smaller brewery. They are. Distribution, they're, I've never seen them before. Mm-hmm. They're much smaller. And I'll, one of these days we'll, come, we'll get around to that one too. So it's really, really good, but it, it all kind of, it, it seems like, so, you know, Left Hand started in 1990. They broke, I have it down, oh, here, in 2010, uh, they grew enough to, to break the Brewers Association Top 50 uh, in 2012. So 2010, they saw a huge increase. Uh, 2011, they introduced, now, and I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily find anything on this that would back it up. There isn't anything that, for me to believe that it's not true. They introduced the Milk Stout Nitro in a bottle mm-hmm. at the Great American Beer Festival in 2012, which is would, the first time it was ever done. I would believe that because that's what I know this brewery for. Yep. Is, is that beer Nitro. Yeah. 
that's their thing. So were they the first ones to do it? I don't know. They were the first ones to put it in a bottle though. To do it commercially, probably. Right. Yeah. So, and that has become their most popular beer. I used to drive to Iowa to get that because mm. it didn't get to Nebraska, but now it, now it does. It was here, then it wasn't. Now it's back, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I used to get it all the time. Um, they also have a regular version of that stout that's not nitro. Uh, but it's, it's one of those ones that it's, it's, they tell you to pour it hard. Mm. So you, ignore, you have the pint glass and you just let it chug out. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're supposed to do. There's even, I think I used to maybe see a video online. They show you like how to do it. Uh, or they, I saw somebody do a whole six pack once. They popped really? them all and I flipped it, six glasses. And it, <laughs> it was pretty cool. That's cool. It might've been at the brew, like it might've been at the brewery or something, like the tap room or something. They showed you how to do it, but that's what they've been known for was that nitro. Their tap room's super cool. They have a lot of patio space, especially right now with the weirdness in the country and everything else. They have a lot of patio space, very kid friendly. Maddox has gone with me all three times that we've gone. Uh, It's, they're a lot of fun. They're really just, they're good down to earth people. Uh, So their original brewery was across the street. They bought the, the location directly across the street from them. That's where the current tasting room is. And then as you park, you kind of park back in the back where all the silos, where they have their grain silos mm-hmm. and everything else. Like that's their parking lot back there. They're currently sitting on 5.5 acres total. And 5.5 acres in Denver is a business in and of so itself. Yeah, I bet. That's, that's, a, that's a good chunk of cash but i mean they did it back they did it let's see when did they buy that i had it written down i can't remember uh it was okay so shortly after 2010 so they saw pretty dramatic growth yeah right through that you know the you know right in the early 2010 11 12 right in there and i think that's probably when we first got it in nebraska because before that i was yeah i definitely was getting it in iowa yep they, you will, it, what's interesting too, is they, they kind of went through the history and from a business, from a business owner standpoint, understanding, I mean, cause you're, you're going to make mistakes. When you own a business, you make mistakes, you learn from them and you move on from them. And, and that's one of the things I read about was they started their own distribution business and they called it Indian peaks, just distribution. So they mm-hmm. went back to that old name. They bought a company called Tabernash Brewing at one point, which doubled them in size. So they just, they exploded, doubled in size, um, and then phased that out, sold the distribution company, and then went right back into brewing and took off. Hmm. So they realized, hey, wait a minute, like, you know, this this wasn't the way to go. What are we good at? We're good at brewing beer. Let's just yeah. do that. Yeah, they weren't home distributors. They were home brewers, you yeah. know? You know what I mean? So stick with yep. what you know, I guess. Yep. Which is good. Right. And that's, uh, they've got a couple of little catchphrases on their website. And when the mainstream goes right, we go left, obviously left, right? Left hand. Yeah. There you go. Fun. That's fun. Uh, and then right on the, on the bottom of their website, it says, we're not guided by what anybody else is doing. We lead by being damn good people who deliver damn good beer from our hands to yours. Yeah. That's knowing who you are. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I think I, I, I like those, both of those things. Cause it's a, they're good statements, but B they like call back to the branding, which is a good idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. doesn't get much better. No. And, and that's, and it comes through in their beers too. Like it's who is going to put a wheat beer on nitro. Only right? them so far that I've seen. I, and okay. So if you're in the Midwest and you're listening to us and you're in the, in the Midwest, like your wheat beer is Boulevard. Pretty much, yeah. Right? I mean, that's it. Like, if, if you were to say, give me a wheat beer, it's Boulevard Wheat. And, and for these guys to do something like this, like, that's got some, you have some marbles, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call this a wheat beer. Like, it has no, has no telltale signs to me that it's a wheat beer. You know I'd what love, I mean? I'd love to try it. Okay, so I have changed my mind since my original statement. I guess I liked it. There's still a little of the foam, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I've got a little bit left. I would love to have tried it without the nitro just to see, like, what do you get? Do you get more pineapple? Because the pineapple and the wheat would go together yeah. better, I would think. It's growing on me. I feel like as it warmed up a little bit and when the, the bubbles went down, 
I got a little bit mm -hmm. more pineapple and that's yep. the only thing that's saving me from this one. Cause I'm just, I'm about as anti-coconut as it gets. So, <laughs> so this is tough, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to power through it. I, I got a lot of pineapple and maybe that's just, I was looking for it. Maybe I just wanted it and I don't mind. Oh, I, I want it. <laughs> maybe if you had the pineapple slice on there, like you're supposed mm -hmm. to serve. Well, at least then it, you smell it when you drink it. Right. Your brain's already like, Ooh, pineapple. And then you probably pull it out a little bit more. You would get the, you yeah. would get the notes of pineapple more. Who knows? But I, I a thousand percent agree. This would be good outside in the heat by mm. the pool maybe under an umbrella, some shade, so we don't get sunburned because we're all old and pasty, but that's how that goes. Well, it's two of us are old. Two of us are old. Yeah. All three of us are pasty. <laughs> yeah. Ish. You got a pretty good farmer's tan going right now. Oh, I got I got a sweet farmer's tan Ooh, going. Yeah, you weren't lying. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Dolan. When you go on vacation, you wear tank tops. You'll be up in the mountains. Wear some tank tops. You'll be fine. Here's, a, yeah. here's an alternate idea. Just wear sleeves and nothing else. And then mm. even out that farmer's tan and you'll match. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Pro tip. Yep. I like that. <laughs> just. <laughs> I, was just, I was just visualizing that image <laughs> of you shirtless but with sleeves soaking up some sun. Where are you going? Are you going to the mountains? Yeah, I'm going to... Um... Hartzell, Colorado, specifically, mm. but it's mm. more, um, yeah, up the mountain, I'd say. Like, we're so far up in the mountain, it doesn't even look like you're in the mountains because oh. at that That's elevation, normal. everything yeah. looks normal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, close to uh, South Park, oh, tell your ride, tell your ride. And close to the sun. So, you, yeah, you better mm. lotion See? up, have yeah. that, uh, that uh, pina colada -y smell. Suntan lotion with you for sure. It's it's cool, but you still get sunburnt. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not hot out, but mm -hmm. you still get burnt. Well, well, you're like to three thousand feet or yeah, close yeah. to yeah. the sun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. veterans of for veteran listeners of the show, and there's at least two of you. At <laughs> least. This yeah. is where Dolan makes hobo pork chops. Oh yes. hobo yes. pork chops are coming. So we'll see. We'll see if it gets made. It wasn't made last year. That's what I'm, so. I know. We'll We're going to need some photographic evidence. If yeah. it actually happens. We Shoot a video. And we can Atlas eat that thing. All right. Yeah. yeah. Hobo, hobo pork chop taco. I'll do a taco Tuesday. That'd be fine too. That'd be fine too. A little yeah. bit of pork chop, a little bit of pineapple. That would probably pair really well with his beer. Probably. I bet it would. Yeah. I bet it would. Brian, do you have any any other research on this at all? Any any more uh, disparaging comments about pina, pina coladas? coladas? Yeah. Uh, no. Other than I don't think I've ever drank one in my life. I don't think I've ever had a pina colada. I think I need to make one for you because Health I make a today. mean pina colada. Really? Do you got the cherries? I do. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's real. I mean, I would try it, but yeah, I'm just. It, I mean, I'll. You know me. I will drink anything. That's but, true. That's true. You know, whatever. It right. might not be something I order again, but mm. I'll try it once. All right, let's check Untapped. So uh, I cheated and I looked ahead, but okay. uh, I don't guess, so that's okay. But I didn't. Oh, there Dolan we go. Didn't. Yeah, it has to be a small sample size. I don't, I don't feel like this is a big beer for them. No, this was just new this year. So okay. two thousand nine hundred and thirty-six check-ins. Yeah, that's fairly small. So I would not very many. I'm going to go 3.81. I'm going to go 3.2. 3.49. So right at 3.5. Which I would go three and a half too, probably. I mean, that's, I, that's usually my default. So I'd probably go three and a half also. Well, mm, your default is five. Nah. Because you give everything a five. <laughs> well, not you this love one. Beer. Not this one. <laughs> I'm so glad that you didn't go with the Will Smith angle on this. Yeah, I don't like Will Smith, so I wouldn't research him. So, because then I would have to. So, my full name is William Richard Smith. Hmm. There were, I had an uncle named Will Smith, and I, I, there were too many. So, I got stuck with the middle name. It was very possible that I could have been named Will. 
Well, you were. Well, I could have gone by Will. Yes, yes. Yes. What, that would have been – would you prefer Willie or Bill or – Well, see, my dad was do there? Bill. That, uh, oh, my dad was Bill, yeah. so I probably would have gone with Will. Yeah. Quite Will honestly, Bill. so it could have been – I could have been Will Smith very easily. Mm. The Fresh Prince of Omaha. <laughs> that would have been cool. Just a little bit of his money would have been cool too. Hey, just like this much maybe. Just a smidge. That much, yeah. Hmm. I bet he'd drink a pina colada. Oh, without a doubt. Down in Miami or wherever he was partying back in the day. I bet. Yep. With DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, they were from Philly, as we know from the show, but. That's true. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, I bet they had one or two. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I guarantee you they had a couple of pina coladas somewhere yeah. along the way. Without a doubt. So, all right. Uh, man, I, w- I will sneak peek some of our, our, our next, uh, next okay. couple of beers, but I, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure where we're going to. Well, I know we have at least one more summer beer. Okay. Yeah. From a, from a brewery that we've talked about, but that's coming up and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. Where yeah. are we Dylan? Where are we in the numbering here? Next, right? next week, we're going to do our hundredth episode. Ooh. So we're going to, mm. I think we decided we're going to bring, everybody's going to bring their own. Kinda. Yes. I scoured my cellar for something special mm. and I found it. And I, it's a style that we've, I don't think we've had one of these yet. I know we haven't had the, the name and the style of the beer itself. I don't think we've done yet. We've talked about them, yep. um, but we have not actually had one yet. And mm. My research already done. This bottle definitely cost me over 50 bucks back in the day. So it'd be worth more than that now because it's, almost five years old so we'll see what we're getting into but wow oh hold on all the stops mine will not surprise anyone don't be bringing no natter days no no (laughs) no uh mine is and i've told the story on the show before about when i turned 21 and the first thing i did was go to the world market (laughs) yeah and i was trying to explore beers from all over the world Um, and there was a beer that I got that really, um, I called it my favorite beer for about two months. Oh, Um, so uh, I'll bring it in. It's not going to really surprise anybody. And technically I don't even know if it's, um, let's say it was, it started craft and then it was bought out. Well, that's, that's a lot of them. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. And mine will not surprise anyone whatsoever. I think it's a fun callback to an episode that we did before. So it will, it will not surprise anyone. This will be like, this will be like one of those golden girls episodes where they all sit around the table and eat cheesecake. And then they tell stories about their favorite other episodes. Yeah. And they kind of remember back and it goes, uh huh. Yep. You got a little wavy (laughs) stuff going on. Yep. If, if it wasn't for stupid COVID stuff, Brian and I would be getting hop tattoos because I even drew my design by the way. Oh gosh, darn it! I just need to, uh, you know, get my wife to not talk the wife into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the deal. Like when we first started talking about doing this before episode one, we said if we made it to a hundred episodes, episode number one hundred would be would be get us getting hop tattoos. Yeah. Well, here we are. Here we are. COVID. Maybe at two hundred. You never know. Now maybe. maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, we're still not at home at two hundred. Oh my god! I hope. Uh... Um, I hope not. All right. Well, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's get tiki with it. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.